Hello, Kryptonauts, and welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. I am your host, Blockchain John, here with my co-host, Jake Chabarelli, ready to give you the crypto news of the day for episode 467 on the date of December 11, 2022. Welcome. All right. So, Jake, what's up? How's your weekend? Oh, it's, it's been busy. I've been doing a lot of uh, uh, classwork, study study for uh, different uh, IT stuff that I need to brush up on. So, Is it raining out there? Oh, yeah, it's pouring. <laughs> it's been raining since uh, been raining since like Thursday night. So, right, Not, not nonstop, but it's been a lot. So you want to start off here with uh, This Week in Crypto, Twitter sure. in particular. Let's here. do it. All right, this one's written by Liam J. Kelly. This week on Crypto Twitter, Sam Bankman-Fried willing to testify. Crypto's new bottom signal stablecoin wars rages on. FTX's Sam Bankman-Fried continued to hold the industry's attention hostage after a public back-and-forth between Congresswoman Maxine Waters and yet more sparring with Binance's CEO. The Twitter chat with Maxine Waters, who is also chair of the House Financial Services Committee, actually kicked off last week with the California politician inviting SBF to testify before the committee and even complimenting his, quote, candid discussion around the collapse of FTX. It wasn't until this week, though, that her tone changed. Quote, it is imperative that you, you attend our hearing on the 13th, end quote, wrote Waters. The hearing, first announced days after FTX's bankruptcy filing in November, is expected to unpack a bit more of, uh, about how one of those industries' largest crypto exchanges collapsed, leaving millions of investors without access to their money. After SBS, SBF's waffling claim that he didn't have enough information to be used, Waters reminded viewers at home that a subpoena was, quote, definitely on the table should the former crypto founder fail to appear. This seemed to have been enough to to the candid discussion. Quote, I still do not have access to much of my data, professional or personal, he tweeted. So there is a limit to what I will be able to say, and I won't be as helpful as I'd like. But as the committee still thinks it would be useful, I am willing to testify on the 13th, which is in two days. That'll be Tuesday. It didn't end there for SBF either. After Binance's CEO, Shang-Pang Zhao, called SBF's behavior, quote, unhinged, after CZ backed out of last month's FTX's buyout, the former Jane Street trader was quick to fire back. Quote, you won, he tweeted. There's no need to lie now about the buyout. Also, it turns out that working at Jane Street doesn't quite have the same veneer as many previously thought. Well, at least in terms of where the top tier engineers go. All right, moving on to crypto's latest fascination, artificial intelligence. If the bottom wasn't already in, crypto's latest obsession with chat GPT may have finally signaled its arrival. With Bitcoin and Ethereum's trading sideways and volumes drying up, Twitter not spend much of the week forcing a robot to answer the industry's biggest question. Perhaps if the technology were launched a bit earlier, Sam wouldn't be scrambling to communicate with investors accurately. Crypto developers also spent the week getting OpenAI's ChatGPT to spin up code for various crypto staples like mixers, decentralized exchanges, and wallets. Crypto Twitter even got the robot to flip Trump, historically anti-Bitcoin, to wax poetic about the market's largest orange coin. <laughs> orange coin. <laughs> right, 
on to stable coins titans face off this week Coinbase also rolled out a minor update to its platform and a major move in the stablecoin wars. The San Francisco-based crypto exchange is now offering zero-fee conversions for investors looking to swap from Tether USDT to Circles USDC. Don't forget, Coinbase is part of a two-firm consortium with Circle called Center that launched the USDC stablecoin back in 2018. The move comes on the heels of Circle's less than bullish financial year with the firm postponing its plan to go public, thus adding this new incentive to hop out of the market's largest stablecoin and into Circle's offering comes across as a pretty clear attempt to shore up the firm's position in the market. For some though, the move came across as desperate. Mm -hmm. Coinbase's strategy also created a minor premium for USDT's dollar peg as an opportunity for Tether CTO Powell Paolo Arduino do it a bit of gloating. And here's that tweet. Tether USDT trades premium on Coinbase. Flight to safety doing all right. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> Backfired. Yep. <laughs> nice. All right. Yeah. A lot of news. A lot of things. Actually, I, I was most interested in the, in the chat GPT. I did actually talk to it for a bit just to get oh, questions nice. about... Uh, uh -huh about uh, things in IT that I didn't fully understand. It's actually very clear with what it, what it could and could not do. It it can't do everything. As much as it can do it, can't, it definitely cannot do everything. It it does some things amazingly well. So I'm not surprised. It, you can actually have it build you a smart contract if you yeah. don't know how to do it. Yep. <laughs> it's kind of neat. So continuing on with coins, this particular, this week in coins, uh, Liam J. Kelly instead of our... Uh, favorite. Actually, I guess Liam J. J. Kelly covered both of these articles this week. It's normally Tim Huckey that does it. Bitcoin and Ethereum traded sideways all week with the market offering a few green shots. Elsewhere, SBF looks to testify on Tuesday, as we said in the other article. This week's crypto market was another mixed bag of industry continues to navigate the continued contagion from the FTX collapse. Bitcoin and Ethereum again closed this week basically flat, which isn't terribly bad which might be considered a win, considering losses of some of the other top coins experienced as of Saturday morning. Bitcoin was up less than 1% over the past seven days, and Ethereum was down 1.5%. Most of the top 50 coins by market cap were in the red for most of the past week, if in the green up maybe less than 2%. Bitcoin fluctuated between 17,300 and 16,700, while Ethereum jumped between 1,300 and 1,225 as bears and bulls fought for control. The Axis token is used by the popular play-to-earn crypto game where battle Pokemon, or where users will battle Pokemon-like creatures. Axis Infinity, or Axie Infinity, is Project's governance token, or AXS, allowing holders to vote on things like how the project's treasury should be allocated or propose new features in the game. The game uses another token called Smooth Love Potion, SLP, which is used as a reward for users uh, for winning duels. The week's spike follows the launch of the Project Affinity Axie Contributors Initiative. Roughly 700 committed members of the community will earn formal roles within the game's governance, mo governance model, rather, as part of Axie's push for more informed discussions about how the game should operate. After ASX, uh, AXS, the native token powering the self-custody wallet, Trust Wallet, is also in, on a rally. 
TWT has risen roughly 6% over the past seven days, hitting uh, $3 per coin gecko. Like Axie Infinity's token, Trust Wallet is a governance token used to vote on new development for the Binance-owned wallet. Tokens for the decentralized exchange 1inch, Chainlink, and Flow all around about this week's losers. FTX contagion continues. The collapse of Sam Bankman frieds crypto empire last month is still causing damage in the industry, with several firms announcing more layoffs this week in the wake of FTX bankruptcy. Bybit, Swifty Fix, <laughs> is it Swiftfix? Swiftfix, or SwiftFX, and Coinly are all announced a cut in their workforce, citing both contagion from the collapse and the ongoing bear market, which honestly is more flat than bear. Besides layoffs, Maple Finance, a platform that lets firms spin up a uh, lending facility using smart contracts, was also hit with knock-on effects. The platform announced this week that it would be cutting all ties with the orthogonal trading after the latter misrepresented its exposure to FTX, leading to default on its loans. M11 Trading, the firm that created the lending platform on Maple from the orthogonal uh, from which Orthogonal borrowed, said, we believe that Orthogonal Trading previously purposefully misstated their exposure and has therefore committed a serious breach of the master loan agreement. And it wasn't just M1, M11 and Maple that got burned, however. Crypto insurance protocol Nexus Mutual, another borrow from the same M11 pool, also revealed losses of roughly $3 million U.S. million in Ethereum due to Orthogonal's default. As for SBF, it looks like he's finally heading back to Washington, D.C. to testify before the House Financial Services Committee, which we talked about previously, so I will not get into it. So, yeah, um, it's been mostly flat, and uh, some coins did bad and sometimes did okay. It's been flat, you know. It's mm. not a... Even though things are going flat, are you still mining? Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, see, this is the thing that yeah. pe- I, I was talking about this with uh, M. Remember M? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He... Uh, he asked me if I was still mining because I mean he's involved with the, with the uh, you know the company that Sean started, um, and I was like, uh, my mining is probably a quarter of all the current uh, mining that's going on, and so I'm supporting the, the network definitively. The thing that's so funny about that at this low level, it's actually still more profitable than any other coin in the market despite its low price. <laughs> that's the thing. Is it really truly profitable? Barely. Is any other coin on the market profitable? No. So, there's if you go to what's uh, was it what to mine right now what to mine dot com and look up mm-hmm. any coin with any card, nothing is profitable. The only thing that's still barely profitable is some ASICs that are really expensive to buy. So anybody who paid you know ten twenty forty thousand dollars for an ASIC, they're probably still making money. But um, anybody else that's doing GPUs, no. Everyone that's doing it is losing money. But I never did it for the money anyways. You know, I'm doing it for the future. I'm doing it for the network. So, I mean, that that may sound like a cop-out. But I was always doing it for the future. Even when I was making money, I wasn't selling it right away. So, but yeah, it's become not ludicrously expensive to to mine, but very. And Dynamo's really the only coin left right now that's actually above the water. So, Mm -hmm. continuing on. 
Uh, moving on. This one is SSC. This one's written by Andrew Bengansky, uh, SSC Chair Gary Gensler must testify before Congress, says Representative Tom Emmer. So Minnesota Representative Tom Emmer called out Securities and Exchange Commission Chair Gary Gensler on Sunday, demanding that the official speak before Congress about his approach to regulating crypto. So as we spoke off air, Jake, um, we know we noticed that uh, Uncle Gary has been pretty much off bluff and uh, no action. Mm -hmm. um, he, but he's pretty much been always there in, in, in the spotlight talking about crypto, but has he ever taken any action? Has he ever made any regulations? No, no, and no. No, it's not really much action going on here at all. And it's kind of like, well, as we spoke, uh, what is the only way he has out of this, right? He really only has the out that the crypto market moves too fast. The government's too slow. It can't really, uh, I mean, technically the government could just make, you know, overarching statements and said, period, this is how it's going to work. But the problem is if they do that, they could limit drastically how crypto is done. And we're still, crypto itself is still developing. I mean, I know we've, remember, was it 2012 when um, the FBI raided uh, Silk Road, wasn't it? Yeah. And... They didn't really take a stance at that point. Obviously, they raided it and they stole it. They didn't steal. They took all the stolen Bitcoin or ill-gotten Bitcoin. Um, and it's interesting that, that I think his name is Bill Draper was the one who bought most of that coin from the FBI, or from the federal government. That sounds about, that sounds about right. Yep. Um, he yeah, that. he's still a multi multi-millionaire, almost. Actually, I think he's a billionaire now because of his crypto investment, even though, you know, Bitcoin has dropped in, in value. Um, but I think he bought like 20,000 Bitcoin back then for, you know, minimal, minuscule amount of money compared to its current value. He made a 30 to, four, to 30 to 50x return on that purchase. But the point I'm trying to make is that the government hasn't really spent a lot of time trying to regulate crypto. And what they did do in 2018, I think they should just stick with. But then when it comes to Gary Gensler, he's, he's basically saying the same thing. He's like, we don't really know enough about what's going on here to really regulate properly. And I agree with him. Um, but that doesn't mean that he wasn't being transparent. He really wasn't being transparent, and they need more and, and information. That's, and that's what uh, that's what uh, Representative Tom Ember said here. There's a quote that uh, Gensler dec declined to provide Congress with the information requested in the letter, which would have informed Congress of the apparent inconsistencies in Gensler's approach that caused him to miss the Terra slash Luna, the Celsius collapse, the Voyager collapse, and FTX. Right. I, I, it's kind of fly by night. I mean, we know he was talking to Sam Bankman Fried, just like Maxine Waters. We know the conversations are going on. I don't think he was getting real legitimate information from Sam. I honestly think that, that Gary and Sam might have had a relationship that was half half lies. <laughs> well, only, only time will tell when uh, when he's investigated in that. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. There, there might be some some. <clears throat> Some revelations via text. Is, uh, I don't. You know, that, I, don't I think. I think Gary can still hold, uphold his integrity with what's going on. Um, I, I hope you are right. Just for the for the fact that um, I'm not saying this is all right, but for, for the idea to give some some type of trust to government representatives to help guide us and regulate the crypto space. A certain certain roadmaps on how we should be conducting our business right now if it's obviously all scammed from the beginning and this is the beginning of the government getting involved right mm -hmm. um and putting their fingers in and all of a sudden they're 
what they ended up doing, which is the conspiracy that Gensler is pretty much shilling, or he was uh, propping up FTX and kind of putting it out there and getting more investors in it as well. You know, making making FTX and um, and SBF the 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 shining knight. Right. So, if that's if that's not the case, and that's all just fud and just talk. Okay, cool, great. All right, let's get back to business and let's let's get let's get the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. We'll have to see. I, at this point, I don't think a lot of people are really all that, will really all be be all that disappointed if there's some regulation that comes down on crypto. The question is whether or not you can actually enforce it. You know, like Monero, right? And, and any kind of uh, uh, wash trading like uh, Tornado Cash. Um, once it goes into those kinds of, of situations, you can't really f- you know see where the money is, which is kind of the point and purpose there of crypto, right? Mm-hmm. Crypto is supposed to be giving control back to the people away from governments. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I, I get it, the government wants control, particularly this government. <laughs> So, all right. Uh, why, why are some sushi swap stakers? That's a funny thing to say. Why are some sushi swap stakers jumping ship? They are jumping ship. Why are they jumping ship? Sushi swap's head chef <laughs> is calling for drastic measures to keep the DeFi project's future alive and well. My gosh, what's going on, right? Well, I think without even having to read anything of the article, other than just the questions being asked, I think it has a lot to do with the bear market. But at the same time, it's like, well. Are all swaps, uh, like, uh, not sushi swap, but um, Uniswap? Is, is Uniswap dying? Is Pancake Swap dying? Are all the swaps dying? No, they're not. So why is sushi swap dying is really the question here, right? Well, on December 5th, project lead Jared Gray proposed that all staking fees on the platform be redirected to the project's treasury for a year. Gray said that Sushi Swap currently has 18 months of runway and that the proposal is means to secure the future of Sushi by acting on its best interest together. Is Sushi Swap a DAO and can people vote on this? Um, so far, the vote indicates that the majority of voters approve of what he's planning on doing. But, I mean, how many of them are left to even approve? <laughs> well, well, well. My question is: When I saw the the, the vote down below, if you go down, you'll see oh, the bottom, yeah. uh, that sixty six percent voted yes. Right. Mm, I I, I want to actually see the wallets, and I want to see if there are wells, and I want to see if it's actually the pool or the, um, um, the the sushi swap backers that are actually fronting their their tokens to to pump up the yes vote. You know, there's always ways to manipulate a a vote, especially when like we spoke about last week about DAOs. Mm-hmm. You know. You know, just pay attention to what's going on in the front of the curtain. Just pay attention that 66% is a yes, but don't pay attention that uh, what's going on behind the scenes, where, where the majority of those that percentage is coming from, just a handful of people, mm-hmm. which are literally the same developers making this happen. Right, right. I mean, it, it's not, I, not that surprising. Thing, Even in a, in a big business, right, a, a company mm-hmm. would have the same kind of thing. Majority of stakeholders are the people who started the business, which, you know, in some sense. The concept start, belongs to them, despite the fact that they, you know, they brought it out for the public to use. Um, so it would be in their interest to do what they want to do. But I mean, in a in a yes. supposed token democracy, isn't it up to the people? <laughs> yes. Yes, but um, so regardless, there's there's, there's going to be backfire. Period. Yeah, yeah. It is, it it is, is. what it is. It's it's to be expected. People will jump ship. People are not going to be happy. Yeah, uh, because they they depend on getting those uh, those uh, what is it the X X sushi's 
uh, tokens, and if they're not getting those, then they're going to jump ship and go somewhere else. Right. Yeah. Um, that's it. There's nothing much I can do about it. It's unfortunate, but you know, if if you don't do what the people want, they're going to leave. <laughs> and that's true of anything, not just in crypto. Independent uh, audit. In, oh, sorry. In, 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 in all in, in all fairness, if the idea is to truly help the sushi network survive, and it's only going to take a year, and the long vision is that sushi is going to be around for decades, then okay, sacrifice a year that this 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 is uh, going to survive for many decades to come. That's a showing but up, right? If this is going to be in every year or every time the market goes down, this is going to be happening, or if it stays in, uh, um, in infinitely locked, as those those um, uh, ex sushi going to, uh, to to the developers, then that's that's the concern. Like, well, okay, can you can you see that? Can you see that's going to happen? It's happened before. So, uh -huh. I mean, it's going on right now with with Ethereum. Everybody thought that they were going to get their tokens back. No. Nope. No. <laughs> no one still can. And the thing that the thing that blows my mind about that is that Coinbase is now saying, "Hey, you can stake Ethereum." I'm like. Why would I do that? I can't get it back. Mm -hmm. Sure, you can make 5.5% interest, but... <laughs> you won't get it. You, 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 what do you get? I mean, are you even getting the interest? What's the point of staking? <laughs> I mean, I, I realize like with, with um, Cosmos or, or Zilla QA or something, those ones, it does take a little bit of time to get it out, but you can still get it out. <laughs> I'm going to put my hand in the trap that's, that's, knowing that I'm going to have to leave my hand there for a definite amount of time. <laughs> but that's intentionally built in to prevent market manipulation. Exactly. That's exactly. a good thing, though. Yes. No, I agree it is. I'm just saying it's like an unlimited trap. It's like, well, I can put my money in, but I don't know when I'm getting it out, if ever. <laughs> I could be putting money into a hole. I might as well just flush it down the toilet and forget I ever had it. <laughs> All right, next news. Oh, yeah. by Andrew Thorvalds. Independent. Independent audit confirms... Finances Bitcoin is more than fully backed. Hmm. So some time ago, obviously when uh, when uh, SBF or uh, FTX collapsed, um, there was a lot of scrutiny on the crypto exchanges out there. Like, hey, every every crypto exchange out there is pretty much a scam. Don't trust any crypto. Don't trust any centralized exchange because th there's nothing backing them. They're just gonna take your money and just run with it. Right. right? Everybody's because. Right. Technically, that's what's going on. A lot of companies are filing for a Chapter 11 bank or Chapter oh, yeah. 15. Oh, a yeah. lot of companies are, are which is weird because it's like the first year that I know of. I mean, there's been a couple here and there over over the years, but this has been the year that uh, a, a massive amount of comp crypto companies filed for Chapter 11, Chapter mm -hmm. 15. Yep. You know, that's it's it's so odd that this is this is the year. <clears throat> All right, so let's see what do we got. Uh, how do you say that name, Marza? Mazar, Mazars, Mazars. Mazars, an international audit tax and advisory firm confirmed on Wednesday that Binance holds more than all of the Bitcoin it needs to cover customers' deposits. Yay, that's a good thing, right? Mm -hmm. That's great. Mm -hmm. CZ's not BSing anybody. He's right. telling you this is what it is. We don't play with people's uh, people's uh, Bitcoin. We don't, we don't, uh, uh, um, we don't lend out people's crypto. That's right. Period. And he yep. said that over and over again. We do not do that. I don't know if that's in the article, but I recall him saying that because he's been on Twitter Spaces many times, and people have been, you know, uh, uh, talking down to him, which which is hard. Imagine being a CEO of a company that when 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 millions of people no longer trust you, and you got to defend yourself. Like, hey, we don't use customers' uh, uh, funds, you know. Unlike FTX, unlike uh, uh, Celsius, you know, we don't do that. You know? So he's come on over and over again, very respectful, and says, hey, 
we don't do that. Mm-hmm. We don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know? mm. And there it is. Here's the proof. You know, the company the company reported 101 percent collateralization. That's great. Yep. That's amazing. Proof of reserves. That's what they. I mean, that's what he started with. I mean, this business of reserves hasn't been around that long, but it's been around for at least a year, right? What's that? The the concept of the proof of reserves. Oh, proof of reserves. Um, actually, no. Proof of reserve has been a thing in the early days, like literally. Okay. Um, when Mount Gox was around, that that's when actually the first initial proof of reserves came to fruition. Because when Mount Gox collapsed, everybody says, okay, all these new companies that are coming up actually need to pr- uh, present a proof of reserve. But then as time went on, that whole I kind of forgot about it. Yeah. Everybody forgot about it. New companies started propping up, and that no longer became a, a necessity. Right. And now with this whole collapse with FTX, boom, hey, what happened to proof of reserve? People need to bring that back. So here exactly. we are. Just uh, repeating history again. Yep. Unfortunately, we have to go through this all over again. But if we just stuck with it in the first place, everybody would have known in the first place. Oh, you you can see that the people have the reserves right there. Yeah, but it, and it's still. Uh, I, I'm going to confess that I have not. I don't obviously have the. <clears throat> How do I say this? I can't look deep into these uh, exchanges' reserves. Right? They're just presenting you a report of the proof of reserve. Right? Now I want to see what they're presenting here. Like there's there's a there's a sentence here. Uh, his criticism specifically boiled down to Binance's Merkel's proof lacking a dedicated auditor to verify Binance's liabilities. That's important. Merkel proofs. That's that's a big one. You want to see if every single customer has a proper backing, right? If you're just presenting a page like yes, we have 101 percent, and that's what we have. Uh, and when you yeah. when you when you peg that to the customers, well, are those all the customers, or are those part of cold storage? That's that's a portion of finances. Yeah, technically right. they can pay those customers back, but that's going to be a scary thing if if there's a detachment from an excessive of amount of of that Merkle root going down from 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 the wallet to the customer. And if that happens too many times, boom, it collapses. Even though they are presenting 101%, mm-hmm. it can still bust. Yep. This is the thing that's so funny about it because it's. Yeah, remember FDIC, which is all, all pretty much all banks in in uh, the United States have this federal insurance up to a quarter million dollars that guarantees that the funds, if the bank somehow makes a mistake or gets robbed or something, that your funds are backed by the U.S. government. The reason the U.S. government can't really back stable coins is because it's not fiat based. It should be, but it isn't. And it's like, well, but what are you backing it with? What is what is the real backing? Oh, we're backing it with Bitcoin. We're backing it with coin. That's great. But is the, the value, the actual value, if you're going to peg to the dollar, you need to have dollars, right? <laughs> you need to actually have all the dollars there in order to cover all you know. Now, even banks aren't required to hold every single dollar that their entire national agency technically owns. Like Wells Fargo, a particular Wells Fargo uh, local branch isn't required to hold, you know, the billions and billions of dollars in its local branch because not everybody, you know, banks at that particular branch. They hold a certain percentage of the total of their total number of accounts. But if you're talking about a Binance type thing, which is really if you're going to Binance itself, Binance.com, then they hold all of it. So technically, wherever they're located, if they are located anywhere, wherever their bank backing it up is, should hold a one-to-one ratio of every single thing that they have on the books, or else. 
they're going to have a, a run, right? But then how would the U.S. government do an FDIC on your crypto account? I don't even know. I don't think they can. Yeah, I don't think they can either. Maybe not because there isn't any rules in place, but because how would you do that, right? So maybe that's one of the questions Gary Gensler is going to try to answer in this in this time when he goes into the Fed and talks oh, to yeah, the exactly. Congress that's people. That's going to actually be interesting. That's going to be really interesting uh, when, he, when, he, when he goes up because he's a smart guy. Yep. So I want to see what he talks about. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll be following that for sure. Yeah. One of the things that I want to comment about that is the, the level of derision that people are in um, – in politics talk about it's not gary isn't worried about uh political pressure getting him fired what he's worried about is representing the united states correctly or in the best way possible to represent the laws that have been set down in the most sensible and logical way possible and i honestly say his job is pretty damn tough i know he's got people helping him he's just a figurehead but he does have some intelligence too so let's talk about the uh new news out of the kazakhstan Yes. After Crypto Potato and Chinese Kadeka writes about Kazakhstan lawyer, lawyers, or lawmakers rather, pass new Bitcoin mining bills. Oh yeah? Oh yeah? What are they doing? What's, what's, the, what's the dig here, right? Well, mining, uh, Kazakhstan may no longer be the Bitcoin sanctuary it once was thanks to a new regulation on crypto mining. In particular, the mining license procedure is categorized into two. The first one will involve digital miners who own the appropriate infrastructure, data processing centers with appropriate requirements for equipment, location, and security. <clears throat> the second category is for digital miners, equipment owners who rent cells in data processing centers and do not claim any of the energy quota. The new crypto taxes have also been presented that include provisions for miners and mining pool commission, value-added tax, and tax on crypto exchanges as business entities. So they're going, I don't know if it's a bit deeper in making things a little bit more specific, um, but the new rules both apply to single miners and mining pools and will be up imposed corporate income tax based on the value of the crypto asset as well as the commission rates for the pools, which I think will... I, the, the thing that kind of worries me a little bit about this clampdown, I guess, is that... The only way crypto miners, um, well, I guess the way my company makes money is we take a percentage in order to pay for the cost of upkeep. It just means that that cost of upkeep is going to get eaten a little bit by taxes for those people, if, assuming they're using that, that model. That model worked for us because then we didn't have to worry about the customers paying us back. We already have the money. We just take it out and then give them the rest. But it just means that whatever our percentage is, is going to be less. So... One of the things that uh, we have yet to figure out in this country, which I am a little worried about as far as my taxes go within California and, and the United States, is that my um, all the coin I mined isn't, doesn't belong to me, except for the per percentage of coin that I take. Um, we were taking a, a flat rate percentage, not a flat rate value, a flat rate percentage. So let's say we mined um, 10 Ethereum. I'm, I'm, I'm inflating the numbers just to make it easier. We took 10 Ethereum, we made, mined 10 Ethereum in a month. Our fee, fee was, at the time, 20%, so we would take two of those Ethereum as our fee. Regardless of what the price was, we were taking a flat percentage of coins mined, not uh, value of coins mined. So 
yes, in the time when Ethereum was worth, you know, $4,800 a piece, we were getting, you know, $10,000. In this analogy, it wasn't that number, but uh, in this analogy, we'd be getting $10,000 in a month if we mined 10 Ethereum. Um, I'm rounding, it's not exactly that number. But um, the, you know, if the value of Ethereum drops like it has back down to $1,200, then two Ethereum would only be $2,500. So we'd be getting a quarter of what we were getting before. And that was our principle based on that, on the way that we did business. We were trying to do it fairly to our customers, not fairly from the standpoint of what are the price of, of the fiat was, of the coin in fiat's value. So, I'm curious, do you use the, the FIFO method for taxes? First in, first out? First in, yeah. Um, I think my tax accountant was saying based on what the value was at the time. See, it was she was doing it based on whatever the value of the coin was at that time. Oh, so when you're filing the taxes. So, yeah, it, it, not at the time of filing because it's only dependent upon you know, like the quarter system. So like in, in whatever, what, um, April or something, when you file your taxes for that particular quarter, what was the value of the coin at that time? That's what the taxes are worth. So in, in the next filing in like, what's the end of September, end of July or something, at that time, what's the crypto worth? That's what your taxes are. You pay that taxes on that value at that time. Um, you know, so per quarter, whatever the value of whatever you made was, that was your tax, your, your income. Now, the problem we were running into this last year is we weren't making any money on what we were doing. So we actually have a negative. So in, in some sense, our negative, our, our taxes will either be nothing or they will be, um, uh, we'll, we'll get a refund because this last year was so bad. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it's, that's just how we've been trying to play it. But I, like I said, with this clampdown, it's making it sound like they're going to take more, they're just increasing the value because they're taking it from two different places so with that that's the end of the news for today sunday the 11th of december 2022 as we said episode 467 thank you everybody for listening and or watching on youtube if you've seen our content or like our content we would appreciate a thumbs up at the bare minimum but we also take donations in the format you can see here on Cointree, a bunch of different coins that we uh, accept you can also check us out on Discord, YouTube, Twitter, well, Odyssey until it disappears, <laughs> Twitch as it's currently being streamed, Spotify, Anchor, and of course you can also check out our extra content on Patreon um, as well as other places like Reddit. So thank you all for watching, listening. At the end of the show, we always say stack sats, stack sats and, hodl. and hodl. Adios. Adios.